Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. <laughs> I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the virgin sacrifice, Joe Garber. And it's still spooky season for us because we are spooky adults. Yes. And <laughs> that's just how it is. <laughs> Halloween is over, but we're not done. Halloween is never over in our hearts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in our no. hearts and minds. <laughs> and tonight, we had the pleasure of fo- we followed <laughs> vampires <laughs> <laughs> in general in general from quantum leap <laughs> <laughs> and there was a real vampire in that there was to uh park chan wook's thirst i think i'm i w- i've been feeling like uh, like a little resident re- reticent about this podcast because i think of how hard it was to talk about quantum leap because that was hard, a hard episode of television for us to talk about. I feel like it well, did not come easily. To be fair, to be fair, I don't think that episode of Quantum Leap gave us much to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I mean. Thirst, it on does. the other hand, yeah, totally <laughs> is just a goddamn icebreaker of icebreakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, Ellen, why don't you just mm. give us a rundown of what it's about in a minute? <laughs> okay, I, I'll do that. But wait, Joe, are you saying we can't talk about anything anymore? Yeah, we probably shouldn't. <laughs> we should probably talk about Quantum Leap again. <laughs> we need okay, to revisit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have more okay. to say. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Thirst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thirst. Okay, so... um, What's today's hot... The hot dad from Parasite, he is... um. He's a priest. <laughs> He's a priest, but he should have become a doctor. And so he does this weird thing where there's some incurable virus and they're doing all these experiments. And he's like, I'm going to go get the do the experiments there. And so he gets a blood transfusion, but I guess it's like vampire blood. So basically then he um, slowly realizes he's becoming a vampire and it's delightful and magical, except there's these really gross blisters and then the disease makes your fingernails peel off which is always disgusting but so then he goes to the house of um fucked up people that he knew when he was a kid and he (laughs) because it's based on an emile zola book he um starts an affair with his childhood friend's wife and then they conspire and kill the husband and then they're so racked with guilt while simultaneously grappling with vampirism and all the things that it means um and then the mom who sucks goes into a coma and then they uh self-immolate (laughs) that was everything yeah uh i have nothing to add okay you get a pass (laughs) i get a pass (laughs) you don't (laughs) have to do it i'm a man uh okay (laughs) okay thirst A very goody-goody priest who wants to help everybody goes to, <laughs> he volunteers for for an experimental vaccine for a new disease that's killing a bunch of volunteers, and uh, it kills him too, but during a blood transfusion, he gets vampire blood and turns into a vampire, and then he goes home. There are a bunch of people who think that he's a saint because he survived this. Um, there's a blind priest that he confides in who... Uh, um, is weird uh who also likes she likes wine um he goes to hang out with his childhood companions uh who are all super fucked up except for the one that they kill who's just annoying um and then what else he's a, oh he's a vampire he can uh fly and shit and that's awesome 
Um, and he's suddenly really horny, which of course he was really horny before. Now he just is really, really horny <laughs> and he's acting on it, which is what he should have been doing in the first place. Because when you're dead, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Nice job. Thirst is the story of a priest who becomes a vampire and goes to his childhood's friend's house who's married to a woman that his family adopted and then treated like a dog and then he married her. But he's sick with cancer, I think. And so he, he starts having an affair with that man's wife and then she uh, pretends like he's been beating her up more than he has, even though he kind of has. And then she gets the vampire to kill her husband. And so they kill him and then they're racked with guilt and he... They see his ghosts everywhere, and then they put a bunch of lights up, fluorescent lights in the apartment, and then the mom has a stroke, and she can't move except for her eyes, and then she tries to convince the Mahjong players that her son was killed by these two people, and he... Uh, they fight. Uh, they or she she wants to, he turns her into a vampire. <laughs> this girl into a vampire. Oh my god, I'm so lost. He turns her into a vampire, and then she wants to kill people. He doesn't want her to kill people, so he drives them out onto a cliffside above the sea to watch the sunrise, which kills them both, and then they both die, and that's the end. Okay, I okay. I watched this movie completely out of order. Uh, what? Yeah. Um like a puzzle. Just by by happenstance. Falling asleep. We we put this movie <laughs> on Friday night? Friday or Saturday? Saturday night. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday. night we put it on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh Joe and I now fall asleep whether we want to or not <laughs> yeah. at 10 p.m. Like 9 30 or 9. <laughs> and we put the movie on at 9. Yeah. Um okay. fell asleep. So Joe finished. Joe watched it again yesterday. Yeah, last night. And I didn't have time, but I watched the end of it with him. <laughs> I know. I watched the end of it with him, and was like, "I'll fill in the blanks tomorrow." So I, I left. I stopped working early today and came home and started it from the beginning. And I watched. I only had an hour and forty minutes to finish this two-hour and fifteen-minute movie. Uh, so I watched such a horrified look on her face. <laughs> I know, uh, but I watched. I got to watch everything up to what I was watching last night with Joe, and then I just kind of skipped forward a lot to with the stuff that I remembered um, because I really wanted to catch the end again. And I have to tell you, um, that's the wrong way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely could have told you that and thought that while you were. I, I watched you do that, but, and I thought that. The I whole mean, time. is it just me that is using going to use this as an opportunity to come clean? Sometimes that is the only way that I am able to watch stuff for the pod. Sometimes, depending yeah. on my week. Yeah. So sometimes it's just you uh, know I, I got through heart to heart because I already seen heart to heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen this movie since I saw it in the theater with you know like two other people. <laughs> oh wow! I have never um, seen this. I I had never seen it, and sort of still have bananas. No, I've, <laughs> well, I've I do I, believe that I've seen it now. <laughs> you believe? I don't know where either of you stand on on Park Chan Wook's uh, work as a director, but I think of him as one of my favorites. I think he's so strange, yes, um, and delightful, and so connected to the human condition that I found it. I find it just really an immense talent yeah. that. You know, I'm always really excited to know what he's doing. And Thirst really, like when Thirst came out, it really threw me for a loop in the context of his other work. 
And so, but I realize that I don't usually think of it as a vampire movie. Um, so when it came into my head, you know, last week, it was, that was kind of unexpected, honestly, but, uh, I mean, what to say? I'm, I mostly like, I just, I just want to know what, what, yeah, let's talk about it. Is yeah. Park Chan-wook's blend of horror and comedy is unlike anyone else, I feel like. I, I just, you don't see it done that way or as well done it just seems like it should come across as like really slapstick and waka waka but it doesn't it feels super real still and i mm. i love that like the mm. when the husband was haunting them both yeah those scenes are terrifying and hilarious at the same time and that is really cool and weird and the host too has <laughs> moments like that where it's like a comedy but it's also so scary and weird yeah i mean i uh, I'm. I think of him as like a, you know, a, a, he defines a generation of Korean cinema, like without a doubt. Sure. Um, because even Bong Joon Ho, like, somewhat. Bong Joon Ho has a has a very, uh, unique voice in Korean cinema, but. Mm -hmm. th I feel like one doesn't exist without the other. No, I agree. <laughs> um. Because when I, I think room, about, my, I have room for both. Yeah, of course. There's there's always room for more. Uh, <laughs> but my when I think of my favorite Bong Joon Ho movie is Mother, mm. Um, mm. and Mother is so Park Chan Wookie. Like it's it's so it is that that like here is human drama. Here's horrible human drama, mm -hmm. interspersed with really funny jokes. Like it's. Mm -hmm. It's and I I hate to do this I hate to do, make this comparison, but it's in in a signatureish or in like a singular vision way. It reminds me not one to one, but it reminds me of Martin Scorsese's work, uh, where there is this this like understanding of human horror. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and in to, to such a degree that you're able to make jokes within it. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's more about being able to hold for me anyway, it's more about being able to hold that tension to where like, you're just, you're just paralyzed. Like you're caught in this tractor beam and whatever's happening on screen is technically horrific. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying or it's bloody or it's gruesome or it's just all the all of the above but there's something about the way that the characters interact with that circumstance mm -hmm. that keeps it really rooted like even at moments in his films where he's really tapping into supernatural elements or really intense horror elements it's still so character driven mm -hmm. like there's this it's like it's tempered with the banality of the human condition at all times and i find that really fascinating mm -hmm. yeah um but i also think his films are just so stunning to look at i think yes. that thirst oh for me like some of the greatest moments in thirst because obviously like i kind of bullshit it it is about vampires but and vampirism <laughs> but it it is more about like the core human issues that make this vampire legends like 
so persistent and fascinating to people. Yes. But it also just the the scenes that are really super delightful are more about this zeal to um, be free, in my opinion. Like mm. there's different moments where various characters like find freedom and, and the initial setting is so intentionally claustrophobic mm-hmm. within the home. And I think like with Emile Zola, it's like it's society and class that that holds those characters captive within like this awful, you know, box of yeah. their lives that is a trap. And I think in this this version of that story, it's not quite that, but it is that, you know, it's yeah. interesting. Those shots of the Mahjong game when the camera's just like moving around the room and revolving around people are so cool and tense and weird and funny. And it's just like, it's that's such a cool scene. I love that moment. Do you have the Oasis energy? <laughs> the Oasis, the Oasis energy. Mahjong energy? Yes. Yeah. I didn't, what I didn't get was I thought he was a vampire before he went to that EV. The disease was EV. Yes. And he did. Where did he go to? He went to where the to this institute. Yeah, yeah. the institute that was that was developing a vaccine because he wanted to help people. Africa? Because priests, some priests are all about that. Okay, and so then he comes back and he tells the. The priest there that the blind priest, yeah, that the vampire blood is blocking the EV from killing him. Yes. So, but that vampire blood, he got that while he was there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not collect that information it, correctly. This, this, <laughs> another huh. be- yeah. beautiful thing about this movie and about about Park Chan Wook's storytelling uh-huh. is that he he always treats you like you're uh, smart enough to. To yeah, keep up, and, and he's wrong a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> uh, like I had the advantage of seeing at, seeing this at least twice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. in a way, because um, yeah, this this is the best part about watching this out of order the way that we did. Yeah, um, the first time we're watching it, I think I was coherent for about twenty minutes, mm-hmm. uh, and I was loving it. I was just like, oh my god, this is so rich. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then I then I woke up and was like, what's that? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> what is that? So then, last night coming in, and you were an hour into it. Yeah, it was when they were like killing Kang Wu. Yeah, on the boat. And mm. I was, I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit and watch this, <laughs> and I'll, I'll retain it and and everything. I could not have been more thoroughly confused and thinking, oh shit, this movie is way more like yeah. surreal and and bananas than I thought it was, and it doesn't really make any sense. I'm wrong, of course. Like it's just, you have to you actually listener, you have to watch it all in one sitting. <laughs> like most movies. Yeah, it you really should. benefits from watching it. It does feel like that was the intent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when they a made linear the, viewing the experience. Yeah. yeah. They should say that up front. There yeah, should it's be not a, Zyrica or yeah. whatever. You like, should watch just, this film linearly. Please watch right. it. It's not like do it however you want. <laughs> yeah. But just piece it together. However I, you want. I have three main points of confusion, if we can just get through them oh, rapid please. fire. Okay. That yes. was the first one. Was he a vampire? He wasn't. You've explained that. Mm-hmm. Second one was those people that are mobbing him for being, he's the saint now because yes. he survived mm-hmm. EV. And then they're kind of all camping out in tents somewhere outside, outside of, of a, a hospital? F- hospital or fortress or church. And I didn't understand what why they were there or what that was. Because they thought that he would 
pray for them and heal. That he would heal them. Yeah. Okay. And that yes. was the church where the priest so was. So they're all on a pilgrimage to that whatever, that um, abbey or whatever they're okay. at. And so whenever he comes out, like the people beg him to pray for them. <laughs> and then part B of that is like he at one point busts into one of their tents and like starts raping one of those women. In, in his attempt to to, to martyr, <laughs> like symbolically martyr himself and and literally murder the saint. Okay. That they have created. Uh, I see. Okay. He he does that to get away from that. Um, their idea of him as a saint. exactly. It's okay. it's yes. like it's in okay. his it's in his long road to suicide. Okay. And because then... he's carrying the guilt not just of the murder but also of being a hypocrite because now he is a murderer. Yeah. Whereas okay. before he he wasn't a murderer. He just was. A vampire, just a, a vampire. supernatural. Yeah. He was just a man with a secret. Last thing was all the lights in the apartment and painting the apartment Ugh. white. Was that to like get some sort of daylight? It was for her. Yeah. She wanted to create false daylight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She said, paint it white like daylight. Like the oh, sun. Okay. And oh, those fucking fluorescent but they lights. They put fluorescent lights, like a art installation style that, amount of fluorescent lights. That set. Yeah. Terrifies me. It's really it's, weird. It to me is genuinely unnerving and scary. Like I love it to so death. good. The yeah. fucking ceiling that looks like spider webs now because uh, you've painted it white yeah. is unreal. Like what a beautiful movie. It's just movie. the weird <laughs> yeah. hallway and uh, like yes. the it's the way that the white like makes the characters in such sharp contrast during mm. like basically the the mass murder scene. Yeah, and minimal it's shadows. It's so unnerving, any... yeah. But it's then, just so unnerving. It's also all those people presumably walked through that hallway to get to the mahjong table, but none of them, I don't think, say anything about this new look. I don't know of if their they had to go through that apartment. Part of the... Oh. Maybe they didn't have to go through that or something. I don't something. think they did. That was confusing me more because I was like, why Although, are all these? No, they would have because they would have had to use the bathroom. It seems like they would have, yeah, because that's like the main hall. I mean, that people are allowed to paint their house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, and put like thousands of fluorescent lights up. Like, what's-her-face is not a is catatonic, so. Right, things are <laughs> I think weird. you get to just do what you're going to do. The friends Miss, are like, Mrs. this family. The family's also yeah. <laughs> always been weird. The the brother basically married the sister, so they're not gonna start asking questions now. I that was the thing that was really confusing me was their relationship, uh, Teju's relationship with Kang Wu, mm -hmm. which I I'm uh, Ellen, please illuminate. I I really was <laughs> well, confused. Paint it like daylight. <laughs> so I think it seems more confusing in a contemporary context that that would happen. But so in the Zola story that this is based upon, it's, you know, in, it's Emile Zola's uh, time period. Mm -hmm. So basically yeah. you are going to want to have, you know, it's, it's ends up being more about the mother wanting to have a daughter or another woman close and also kind of understanding the limits of the son. And so, the sons in both situations are, I think that they, in the book that the son is sick or something, there's some reason why, because the, yes, it's the same thing. The sons are sick. And so the mothers like coddle them and spoil them and center them. And so they just want the son to be happy and taken care of, but they know that the son cannot exist uh, 
normally outside of the home. Oh. Right. So it's kind of like all about the mother oh. um, controlling that. But Teju was an, was she an orphan? Yeah. Was she, like, yeah. What, okay. So, they so the, she, yeah, she's abandoned by her parents and then they take her in. And okay. the mom says, we raised her like a daughter and a puppy. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh my God. That's kind of fucked this, up. Yeah. This, this movie, this movie is spectacular. It's the, the <laughs> Teju's, like we we all fully understand her feelings of being trapped and imprisoned, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then um, Father, I can't remember his name. Um, Father Hyun, yes, Father Hyun's Sang Sang Hyun. Yeah, we can like we can kind of Sang Hyun. We can assume his prison of of chastity, which you know he's which he's breaking out of through vampirism yeah like experiencing the flesh finally yeah uh and then the blind priest is just like please yeah please give me some of your <laughs> please God. change me into this so that i can actually see yeah you know, like the, this other right. pri- all of these prisons that these characters go through i kind of i wish that the blind priest was more in it like uh i i mean he's he's a significant character to me but i mm-hmm. i i just wish that i don't know there's something about it. I don't I don't really wish anything different. I think it's all I think it's all great. But there I just want more. Like I want more of him. There's but there's always in a vampire thing, there's always the person that was in your life before you became a vampire. Yes. And then you have to reveal it to them and it goes one of two ways, right? But mm-hmm. all of them end up with that person dead. Totally. But, <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it has to. So if somebody reveals that they're a vampire, do you probably just like don't hang out with them anymore because it's not going to go well historically? Yeah. <laughs> but um, right. But one of the ways that the that character will go is that they become jealous or desperate, and then they uh, tell the vampire. Per- that they're selfish you know like it's just all the shit like it gets real mm-hmm. there's such real a... grubby real fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah even there's if you're bloody. a priest there are mm-hmm. some really amusing parallels to uh ann rice's interview with a vampire in this movie mm. um the the protagonist of that being louis who mm-hmm. is this reluctant vampire uh-huh. Who doesn't want to kill? Yeah, uh, and doesn't want to change anyone into. Never wants to turn anyone into a vampire. Like it's yes. very much similar to our father, Hyun. Yeah, I love that show. The vampire with guilt is such a cool. It's so. Change, it's a smart change up. It's a smart trope. Like I, yeah, I also I kept thinking of let the right one in too. That was oh, yeah. like and Ugh, just showing the realistic vampires how they're getting blood. Like only lovers left alive too. Yeah, this this like very realistic. <laughs> how do vampires fit into society? Yeah. Is so cool. I love that so much. And like watching the that reality in a way is really really cool. I like how this. I like how thirst though like incorporates the magical element in a in a really heavy way. Like like it's the magic of being a vampire that. Yeah, it's a lot of flying. That, yeah, uh, jumping. I, uh-huh. That scene. 
where he is holding her yeah. and jumping from the roof and jumping and you just up see and her down, face and she's yeah. just having the most amazing time. <laughs> yes. It makes my whole, like my, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I think it's so, so cool. beautiful. It's and so that's before great. we know that she's evil. <laughs> yeah. That's my, that's the most fascinating thing about this movie to me is her arc. Oh, it's Teju amazing. Is, is wild. What happens with this character where she starts off very pitiful and you feel so bad for her. And then she becomes a, such a monster by the end of it. Oh, I don't see her that way at all. Really? I, I feel like you know, right away that she knows that her life is fucked up and yes. she knows that those people are terrible you know like she has contempt for them oh totally. like it's written all over her face yeah. and so for me <laughs> she's just looking for a way out and what yes. better way out than to not just have control of your own life but to have power over others yeah. and mm. so i feel like i don't see her as evil so much as just finally just trying to get something for herself and to like mm. just i feel like she's just scrambling uh to try and assert herself mm -hmm. and just be able to take something back to have have power to be seen mm -hmm. and to just just be free because the way she's running yeah so feet. right so she in the evenings like she's like i'm gonna go turn the lights off in the shop and she does this over and over again she goes downstairs and she turns the light out in the dress shop and then she takes her shoes off and she just runs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes she wakes up in the middle of the night and when she feels suffocated, she runs. Mm -hmm. But they reference that as something she's done since she was a child, since she first came to them where he says, they, he made me look at the calluses on your feet mm -hmm. when you were a little girl. So she's been trying to escape and trying to find her independence yes. and freedom her whole life and i love when he turns her into a vampire the first one of the first things you see is her heat her feet get healed by yeah. the vampire mm -hmm. blood that he gives her it's so it's her, cool. she's found her freedom yeah yeah i i, the, I agree with everything you just said about her <laughs> um i do think that she is portrayed as the the villain of this movie <laughs> i mean she is a, yeah. she is ultimately the villain she's yeah. because but. she takes she it's she takes pleasure in killing um which sure. also we can talk we can also discuss this because that's this is another thing that's brought up a lot in this is what is what is the nature of a thing um what is mm -hmm. the nature of a being because mm -hmm. she talks about him when they're having that like crouching tiger leaping conversation mm -hmm. oh yeah um, but she's she's like we're not human like you're you're being so humane for someone who's not he's human. not human um, yeah she's like does the does the fox is the fox not allowed to kill the chicken? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, so and and I I always love that argument too because it's because it's vampires. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, it just it gets really um it gets really heady when you start to apply it to actual humans. <laughs> yeah. Um, because what is the nature of humanity? Mm -hmm. Uh, but her, I I just I sympathize with her to the end. I understand her to the end. Mm -hmm. uh, and I understand, like, I love the, the end where he has taken her mm -hmm. uh, un, unknowing to the desert, to the middle of, of, or whatever, wherever, like the middle of nowhere where there is They're no shelter. There is yeah. no shelter from the sun. Yeah. 
<laughs> so they are going to die. And there's this brilliant fight mm-hmm. um, where she, and she tries to save him as well. She puts him yeah. and her in the trunk of the car. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's such a, it's such a wily e. Coyote <laughs> uh, segment. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I love it to death. Um, but it, it's, at one point she realizes like he's he's not going to join me in this so i'm going to save myself <laughs> yeah and i love this i yeah. love it it's like so true to that character yeah mm-hmm. uh and then yeah it's <laughs> everyone really is just like true to who they are in this like it's it no one's faking the funk yeah the the scene where they're dying is so intense right and he says to her because he remains pretty self he's selfless right he is just uh, he says he says i wanted i wanted to be with you forever Mm -hmm. and now we'll be together forever in hell Mm -hmm. and she says like eric said when you're dead you're dead you're dead (laughs) but she clings to him as they are dying and they die in each other's arms. But the way that she is screaming in pain is so intense and moving. It's so wild. It is so, so like such a conflicted feeling. You don't feel cause you don't like the love that they had was very fraught and not like a romantic love story. It was (laughs) fucked up. And Mm. I, I, I agree and disagree. I, I think that, so like like how Ellen was saying how she was like looking for any chance like she we know we the first time we see her in the hospital with Kangwu and Mom mm-hmm. and she's her hair's all fucked up and she just looks so furious with life yeah mm-hmm. and she like she makes this amazing like ugh face <laughs> uh it's priceless yeah but I don't I I don't believe that they're love or affection for each other hyun and 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 taejun taeju uh i don't think that it was false or not true i think that it was it was born out of opportunity yeah but i do believe that it was real i don't think that either of them were like i don't love you yeah i don't love you or like you are just a flesh thing yeah Um, or you are just a means to escape I've, I I feel like they were I feel like Teju was like this you you were a way for me to to be happy as well as escape. Mm-hmm. Well, because her character never has the moment of growing to hate the person who turned her into a vampire because yeah. Teju mm-hmm. still sees e- eternal life and all that that brings like as a gift right so but i i see their relationship as something that they both need Mm -hmm. um but i think for me the real purpose of that relationship is of course to tell us more about each of these characters like it's Mm -hmm. the lens that tells us the most about who who those characters are and what each of them represents, right? Mm-hmm. And where they're intertwined, right? The push and pull of someone who is selfish, for mm-hmm. lack of a better way to describe that character, for someone whose life circumstance 
creates for them this pocket of selfishness that they absolutely must explore, which is yeah. how I see Teju, mm-hmm. and someone that is selfless. Yeah. And and then the place when they collide, it's just fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's it not is. even it's not so trite as opposites attract. It really is about all the different ways that when they touch the ways in which they um, impact each other is really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. But I think that the like that breakup scene is it is immortal. <laughs> no pun intended. It's so great <laughs> yeah. when he like he's hanging her upside down. And she's like, she's like, we're through. And then he just drops her yeah. <laughs> on her head, which is really amazing. But I think that he loves her, but it's how hard must it be when you realize that this person that you love embodies all these things that you can't allow to exist, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it is very interesting. And then he literally kills her after she reveals that she manipulated him and used that she injured herself and then made mm-hmm. let him let him believe that her husband was hurting her in that way, which was like that's the other confusing thing where was the husband wasn't like beating her, but the way he like dropped her in the mahjong oh, game yeah. onto the floor in front of everybody and they all kind of laugh and it's such a horrible shitty mm-hmm. scene for her, so. I was wondering what, how much abuse there was in that relationship, or he was just an idiot, basically. That husband. I always just read him as an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. When they're talking, when they're on the boat, and they're He's openly discussing, He's just gross, murdering <laughs> him, and then the camera pans, or like, there's a shot of him just smiling at them both. I, that was so funny. He just does not understand what they're talking about at all. I feel like that actor does an incredible job. Like yes. it's such a weird and funny and crazy character. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie captures, like Eric was saying about the magic of these ideas we have about what vampires are capable of. The one of my favorite cuts in the film is when he, I can't, God, I can't remember what he does but he's you know somewhere drinking the blood and then the very next scene we see his body um with his head stuck in the windshield of a car and Ugh. his body draped over the roof of the car and yes. so he's clearly oh, yeah. jumped trying to kill himself yeah. he's jumped out of the window <laughs> and so like while we we're watching you just see the body like fairly at a fair distance and then he just flips his body over so then he's on his back on the hood of the car with his head still in the windshield <laughs> yeah. embedded in the windshield and it's like one of my favorite things ever yeah i, so I, I laughed like a hyena i watched it a few <laughs> times over because i just remember when i saw that in the theater i just died inside yes. it was so great because it's it's the perfect <laughs> example of things that park chan will does like eric what you were saying that he expects you to meet him where he's at like he yeah. it's like even if you have to run to get to jump yes. onto the bus <laughs> yeah. like, he's not waiting like no. he just Jonathan floors style. it and for me like you learn so much about not just about that character and where he's at with what he's experiencing but the extreme extreme level that he's willing to go to to end this this horror yeah. for himself mm-hmm. but then also it tells you so much about 
in case anyone was wondering by then about the tone of the film. Yeah. Like it's, it's so funny and dark yes. and crazy and it is so melodramatic. Yeah, yes. totally. <laughs> when they're, they're playing Mahjong and the mom is spelling out oh. KLD yeah. like killed or whatever that the, all the friends are piecing together that they're the murderers. And she's like, Oh, time to put you to bed and picks up the mom yeah. and the chair in front of everybody yeah. and then the way she <laughs> puts so it back good. down and is and then just like walks away from it is that, so good oh that was so funny yeah, that was a great <laughs> but I, moment. I love the scenes where he's figuring out his vampire powers oh yeah it's really funny when he's just all of a sudden he's like now i fly yeah you know it's just so good yeah but the way that she kind of gets like uh the makeover like because Whenever you become a vampire or when you start fucking somebody, like then you become super hot. Yeah. 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 True. Uh, <laughs> here's here's a question I have. Mm-hmm. Um, were were we not teased to believe that a drop of her vampire blood got into the juice that, that yeah. Mrs. Raw drank? I was curious about that too. Because then it would, she would have turned into a vampire. Well, would she? That's, I guess we don't know, but is that, or is this the ambiguous like element that, (laughs) that we're supposed to stew on? It seemed like what brought her back to me. That's it's, she, her agency became more clear when, after that. The, yeah, I think it's supposed to be just enough to like, bring her back from the, this nether world, right? It's, I think it's a pretty hilarious way to do that mm-hmm. because otherwise it just seems corny, right? That she yeah. would suddenly be gaining consciousness again just in time to start clocking all this shit, right? And yeah. blanking and all the stuff. So I think it's pretty clever. But ultimately, like, the character of the mother has the same end in both the Zola story and in the film, which is that she's there Mm. witnessing the suicide of the couple. Wow. Damn. But in the Zola thing, she's had a a debilitating stroke. So it's very similar. Yeah. They both have had strokes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then hopefully this Mrs. Rock can use the phone to call whoever to get them to that cliff. Like that's (laughs) definitely not going to work out for Um, her. I love when she's frantically emptying the trunk out so that they can climb into it and not yes. get hit by the sun. And she's just throwing shit out of that trunk so hard, just so frantically. And like, it's so perfect. And we see it as an overhead shot. And then she throws <laughs> out this big like jug of blood <laughs> yeah, that they had back there. And it just explodes all over the ground. Yeah. Oh my God. So good. Uh. That so scene good. also when she's in the road and then she gets hit by that car. Amazing. Is so I don't know how they did that. If that's a stunt woman or what, that that is so realistic. and. Oh, yeah. When she's brutal. trapping her, trapping her dinner. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. special effects in this movie are kind of unparalleled. Like I really good. Wait, they're really seamless. They're unbelievable. There like, was a moment when they were jumping 2009. around the, jumping around the roofs that they were like very clearly CG, but it does it doesn't it did, bother. But it, yeah, it doesn't break the spell. Not, yeah, it's not bad at all. And Just but the way like the edits for yeah. when people like when people's bodies do things that they're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It, 
amazing. Yeah. Like just always, it always just felt true yeah. and practical. Yeah. Totally. For me with that scene with the car, I think, I mean, I live for that moment when you realize that now one of the vampires is just someone that is born to kill. Mm-hmm. And I always just feel like, ah, there's the juice. Yeah. Right? Totally, yeah. And it's like the most, I think, I think even before she becomes involved with uh, the priest, like she's just vicious. She's like a, she's feral. Mm. Right. And like her hair, when we first see her, she's just utterly feral. Um, but when she's crouched, like she's kind of curled up in a ball on the highway waiting mm-hmm. for a car to come. And then the car approaches and she snaps her head up. Yes. And the look on her face is just like like Christmas morning yep, and glee. the bloodletting <laughs> yeah. and like the best thing you ever ate. And like, you know, it, it just is like so intense and perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, such a great scene. There's a really yeah. funny when she's getting. I think she's taking her shoes off to go running for the maybe the first time we see that. There's a really mm-hmm. long shot of her standing behind this door that has a painting of a woman's face on it that oh, is yeah. just like oh yeah, where it's just slightly above her yeah, neck, it, so it looks like her head. Her it's head. just like a really weird, funny long shot of like it's cool. Yeah, it's I don't know what this is supposed to be, but I love it. But so Joe, like the you weren't feeling romance per se between those two characters i definitely was feeling romance but the love like that wasn't supposed to be like this just like very they both obviously are in a place in their lives where they both need a lot of therapy before they get into a committed (laughs) relationship he's literally a priest yeah (laughs) he needs uh yeah he needs to talk to somebody and she is a literally a puppy they (laughs) the way they fight and they have a disagreement about the killing the husband. And it just, it just was, it was like, uh, like natural born killers, that love affair where it's like, these are murderers falling no. in love or something like it's that. Honestly, not, not dissimilar. It's like, uh. yeah, they're in love. There is a love there, but these people uh, they're I don't know. It's just like very fraught and for, not that for that's me, not love, but there's something so, poignant and moving when she they're sitting on the hood of the car at the edge of the cliff the sun is about to burst forth um at dawn and she takes her shoes off and she puts on the shoes that he gave to her when yeah. they ran into each other in the street mm-hmm. i love that and too yeah they're the shoes are the last things we see after they their bodies are burned like the one yeah. by one they fall from her body mm-hmm. um full of ash her ashen feet and it's just yeah i don't know i think that that says more to me about that relationship and those characters um than any anything else than him choking her until blood sprays out of her mouth (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's it i like i do like that the end of her arc is her accepting the death with him and like she doesn't she stops fighting because she could have just been like trying to dig a hole in the ground for until she died true that could have been another a different layer to that character but she accepts it and she or she could have like been running away and burned to death but she decides to end to die in his arms with him and so that is like a really beautiful good moment and it does seem like it's a love thing 
yeah, I don't know. It's just they're both this is like they're they're both rebounds for each other after their long lives of <laughs> just horrible yeah. her with King chastity. Wu, him with Wait, Jesus him Christ. With God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um but I like that about it. I like how it that was felt really real with these two people and there's like a po- point when he kind of breaks down and is like, "Okay, I'm going to take you away." He like breaks into her bathroom and she's terrified of him and he's like, "Oh, we're going to run away together." And tries to like kidnap her basically where he kind of breaks and that's not something that his character would normally have done, but he just does that for her because he's just like so in love and I like that and I also like the sex scenes were so different they felt like kind of clumsy and really real in certain different ways they weren't like super sexy in a hollywood kind of way they were mm-hmm. like real and felt visceral and his his acting too he has this like clumsiness to him it's just like his facial expressions or or something about him where it's like it just feels real it doesn't feel like it's the sexy vampire hollywood movie sex it's like no it's <laughs> very it's someone who's never had sex before. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Which I really liked. And it was. Who also wants to literally eat the person that he's yeah. having sex with. <laughs> I love after she's like, afterward, are you hungry? Did you eat? And he no. says, yeah, I ate. <laughs> I ate. <laughs> so good. Can we talk about when, um, how there's just suddenly a scene. So he, throughout the film, he is intermittently like having these visits with the other priest, the father who mm-hmm. ha- is visually impaired. And uh, one of those visits, they cut to it and he's the priest's hand is inside his chest. And oh, he's like, yes. he's oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, squeeze my heart harder uh-huh. or something uh, like that. He says, and, don't and squeeze my like, heart so hard. Yeah. Oh, don't squeeze so hard. And it's so gross and weird. But all that happens is then then he pulls his hand out and his chest heals while mm. we watch. And it's just mm. like, man, that's random. But yeah. it really is, yeah. is like such a great way to indicate like the level of understanding that um and confidential like just that the nature of their relationship is is presented very fully in that moment mm-hmm. totally which is a really interesting way to do that yeah yeah definitely and i also i thought that was his dad like that because he called him father at the beginning father. and i'm not used <laughs> yeah. to that type of language so uh, that's like another i was because the way he's openly talking about being a vampire to him i thought he was a vampire for like half the movie until he really <laughs> wanted the blood and then the amazing way that he undoes that corkscrew <laughs> to kill him i love with that the corkscrew his biggest because he loves wine so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really uh, but it's it's beautiful, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. want his he doesn't want father to mm-hmm. suffer the way that he's suffering. Yeah, I'd rather put him out of his misery. I can't help but I, I guess I guess this is where me and Teju kind of intersect. I can't help but think of his selflessness. Uh, <laughs> his desire, his desire to, his desire to spare his good friend uh, the torment of this 
affliction um is is kind of selfish uh it's it's uh it's him imposing mm. it's him imposing his his own morality upon someone who is asking him for something right but mm. they are they're priests he, if he does that for the father, the father will go to hell. That's what they right. both believe. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want. He's already going to hell because yeah. he is a vampire. But that was not any through any direct fault of his own. You know, he got the transfusion and became a monster. You know, it was his altruism is doomed him, right? But he would you would never, as a priest, vampire or no say to this person like like you would never allow them like people always think they want things but then you know you think of the scenes where he's listening to people's confessions all day long right and he's like nope you have to stop thinking about that and you need to like you can't do but you know like he's always bringing people back from the brink with the goal in mind that it's like he doesn't want them to go to to hell like hell 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 plays like a significant hell hell is is a character in the film i think because hell like, like swirls <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah hell <laughs> swirls around a lot of the characters decisions like hell <clears throat> and the belief the belief in hell and what that means and who should go there and how you get there <clears throat> is infused throughout that character's arc yeah Definitely. i guess i i just i understand that from a like literary uh, position, but but I'm I'm just talking from <laughs> from like me and my worldview and my right, just, like because I don't the, I don't believe in hell I don't I don't think that that's a real right um thing to consider and I don't think that morality should depend on uh consequence right. and so, you're not a priest and I'm not a priest um, so that's yeah. yeah and I'm you're also I'm not in anymore. a I'm not in a fucking 18th century novel either but well, uh, it's it's you kind of are though. It's just like it's one of those things. Like it's where it's where it gets. Yeah, this is one of the interesting things about the movie to me is is these little little intersections. Um, like the 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 ending, him saying, "I wanted us to spend eternity together, and now we'll spend eternity in hell," and her saying, "You know, when you're dead, you're dead." That's all it is. That's their entire views on the world, right? Said in yeah. one sentence each. Yeah. But saw, rather, uh, understandably, based on how they've lived their lives, totally, yeah. totally. those belief systems make total sense. But exactly. I saw they are. him uh, the the shot of the whales in the sea of blood and the whales mm-hmm. spurting blood. Mm-hmm. I thought I saw that as him glimpsing the afterlife. I, that's how I took. That. Oh, I I could yeah I, yeah. So I kind of took I thought that, that it way was as well. like either hell or whatever the afterlife is for a vampire. Well, blood don't you think blood. that these two characters kind of in a weird way, they symbolize the conversation that arises when people think about the possibility of, you know, the the bargain that you make, like the exchange that you have when you become a vampire, because some people really are into that. And they're like, I want to live forever. And the price of killing people is not a price to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just that's the cost of doing business. And my business is living forever. Mm-hmm. And other people are like, I think that would be the worst thing ever. I think you would just be torn. I 
would just want to escape like this endless loop where I have to be a bad person. Like I, the burden of killing people would be too much. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to think about where people land on the spectrum of like, would you or, or wouldn't you? I feel like we've talked about, maybe we've talked about this, but I think in terms of, of the vampire, it's just simply for me in the world of legends and folklore and cryptids vampires just don't rate for me like i'm not i don't think it's sexy and i don't really like the look like i'm just not that person you know like i like i like spooky things but like it's like i like a gothic house Mm -hmm. i can get down with a gothic novel Uh but you know like i don't really want you to wear the little neck medallion and the cape and shit um but i think i don't know i just think vampire is not it for me I always thought of vampires as being really queer coded and maybe that might be where they came from. I don't really know if there's probably is an explanation of like why folklore of vampires got started, but like queer people hanging out in these like dark alley, like only at night, only at night. There's a good analogy for that with like queer uh, people. So I always thought of that as kind of cool, a cool little, vampire analogy it's definitely real like that's a that's a legit thing there's uh-huh. a there's actually a documentary called queer for fear that does a uh an episode it's an it's a four episode documentary on shutter oh. um and they do a they do a an episode on vampires oh and the the queer history of vampires oh that's cool mm-hmm. i like that it's pretty um, great but yeah and they're always always so fabulous oh, but but any <laughs> when they're any... young forever yeah any monster uh, tale is going to be centered around othering. Yeah, and there, therefore be a place where people can find identity, you know, mm-hmm. and representation. That's but true. I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys think vampires are sexy or do you find that a sexy thing? I No, I don't like blood play, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up in the AIDS era, so vampires are really gross. Seems... Um, no, I... I don't i don't um i think vampires seem very very lonely and i don't think lonely is sexy i think it's romantic um, but not sexy yeah i i see i understand the romance of it yeah but i don't adhere to it like i don't like it's not the kind of romance that i seek i love the what i love about vampires is the that they've lived hundreds of lives in their lifetime and you're just catching up with them on one of those lives that mm. they've had so many of, they have this super rich history of whatever, you know, being a part of being alive for so long. Right. Really They're like time that. travelers. Like yeah. yeah. Yes. In real time, time travelers, which uh-huh. just to me seems exhausting. I know. That's I, I, every time I think about it, I think, Oh God, can you imagine 500 years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like being alive and cognizant for 500 years. God, can you I'd imagine be what so you're... sick of people. It probably makes it easier to kill them. Yeah, 100%. Because totally. yeah. you're so it, done. You, well, you would, st- you would cease to think of humanity and life as, like human life as important. There's always going to be another one coming yeah, along. There's, yeah, there's plenty it's more. Like the a only bus. thing to it would be avoiding yeah. getting murdered. It's actually, this is something that dying. has yet to be explored uh, I'm sure it has in comics. I'm quite sure, but I I haven't read them, um, and I haven't seen a movie yet of this. But uh, Vampire in the Apocalypse, like what what happens when humanity is so scarce that yeah. vampires have to really treat humanity with some sort of reverence? Yeah. Oh, I think I know. 
<laughs> what? You um, hypnotize people. Ooh. And they breed for you. So you just have like a farm, like a poultry farm, uh, like in a like cave. Dazzled. Oh, you mean called. like capitalists? Yeah. You just okay. make yeah, people believe <laughs> you make people believe that <laughs> there's <laughs> honor in being a workforce. Yeah. <laughs> or they're just zombies because you've hypnotized them so that they create food. With, with shiny things. Um, they are just money. livestock. No, they're just livestock. <laughs> no, you, if you're hypnotized, you don't have to do shit for them. They just live in that cave producing food yeah so you treat them like livestock yeah i have a hypothetical. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I was, I was, joe I was, broke i have a hypothetical question that i i made up uh that i like to ask is if you had to be turned into a vampire and live in a city mm. for 500 years what city would you oh, choose god. and if you don't choose did we answer this question already did we do it on the podcast not on the podcast i've asked you this i before. feel like you asked this on the quantum leap podcast didn't sam lee uh, oh it was about vampires you? no i don't, I don't remember so. you asking this question oh maybe you asked this i asked it off the pod game a lot. night or something this is my mm. new question uh, sorry what's the question again city. <laughs> if you had what to be city? turned into a vampire and you had to yeah. stay in one city for 500 years what city would you choose hmm <sighs> And if you don't, if you can't choose, you get assigned Fresno. <laughs> um, you know, that's a hard one to answer because I like to be by the ocean for 500 years. Mm -hmm. But I like to be in London. Ooh. Um, so actually, I guess I would just pick like a coastal place in Scotland, maybe. Oh, like a small town? No, <laughs> there's, there's not small places that are cities that are on the water because <laughs> it's on an island. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe like, I don't know. Brighton's not a big city, but it's on the ocean. So I guess actually I'm prioritizing ocean because I don't think I could. I guess I could just drive there. So yeah. So never mind London. London. Yeah, you could take a I'm day just, trip. I can just drive. You could take a night trip. A night trip. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, <laughs> I took it so literally, like I could not leave the city ever. Well, yeah, yeah. I think you have to sleep in the city. <laughs> I guess. I don't know the rules. What's your city? Uh... Didn't you already have one? I don't know. I feel like I'd want, if it's 500 years, I feel like I would want, this is so, this is a bleak world outlook answer, but I would want someplace um, kind of small and beautiful that is going to be ruined by uh, progress. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and I, w I would want to watch it rise and fall. Yeah. Like, so, become a huge city. Yeah. So, like, so Seattle. Yeah. Well, no, basically. Seattle's done. Oh, like, you already I, saw it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm that. thinking like like Longview or, mm. um, Fresno, you know, or so. Yeah, Fresno. Maybe it is Fresno. Well, like something. I agree with coastal. Somewhere with like a clean, natural body of water, probably. I would like to do. Yeah, I'd like to go somewhere that's beautiful that gets ruined, and I want to watch the ruin. I want to watch something get ruined and then become beautiful again in in its ruin. Amsterdam, it'll be flooded. Yeah, 
Like Mount St. Helens. <laughs> yeah. Mine's Paris, obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, I just see Paris in 500 years as being uh, rubble. It might be. Also land- landlocked. Uh, another good one that somebody else chose is Tokyo because you could, it's like a night, you know, the nightlife there. You could just go all night. I thought about, I thought about that also. Just too many people. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, food. Yeah. Food. Delicious food. That's the thing. You you can't, you're not eating any of it. No, but people are food. Yeah. The people are the food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, that's the thing that bums me out the most about being a vampire is depending on the lore, you don't eat. I know you, you, just drink, you just drink human, that, and I I don't like people enough to want to like hunt I know. them. It'd be gross after a while. I don't I like warm food. drinks that much. Yeah, me <laughs> yeah, either. I particularly don't like warm salty drinks. I hate a Bloody Mary, <laughs> Ew, it's like and I would yogurt. not like a fucking hot Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. So yeah, I I don't want to be a vampire. <laughs> I don't want to be a vampire either. I feel like just my personality type. I'm not that person. Like, I'm not cool like that or sexy like that. I feel like I have more of the volatile energy of uh, the wolf man. Yeah. I was, <laughs> well, like, I have more of, like, a Incredible Hulk uh, wolf man energy. What classic monster uh, would you want to be? Oh. Do, or do you feel like you could, you could thrive as? <laughs> well, sometimes I feel like Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster. Because I have the height. Because of the neck bolts. Yeah, I have those neck bolts, and I have like a weird sloping forehead. Because you're made and of several And how one of your one of your hands is clearly yeah. stolen from someone yeah, else's it's body. Yeah, stitched onto my body, and then green, the, the greenness of my skin. Or your chunky shoe. And uh, your very flat-topped yeah. head. Yeah, flat your chunky heel. Yeah. <laughs> These are all the stitches. My chunky platform shoes, boots. <laughs> <laughs> and my bride, who has those really cool gray streaks of hair. <laughs> uh, no, I think I would choose vampire, probably. Really? I mm. think I would, because it's it's like the coolest, sexiest. Mm. Mm. What would you choose? You said wolfman? <laughs> well, I just think that's that's clearly the energy that I give is more wolfman than anything else. I want to say also, while the star of this movie, who also doesn't have the sexy energy of a vampire because the first line we hear him say is absolutely <laughs> hot yeah so oh, hot. god <laughs> you called it a ned flandersism yeah it is a flanders <laughs> father flanders what's your uh, are these classic i don't want i want to pick i want to pick something that's not <laughs> either of yours <laughs> they, they're not considered cryptids, yeah but right? if we're going like we going like with universal monsters like is that the like, classic I'm movie monsters any... or are you thinking like all of folklore i'm gonna say all of fol- folklore so oh, like the okay. windigo well, is open that's like different. if you want to be the okay, windigo that's different <laughs> okay that's different you might, i might have to i gotta take a second there yeah, i think I'm, I, I think i am the windigo i'm always hungry <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's see I think, yeah. I mean, I would be a troll. I think <laughs> a troll. <laughs> yeah. What do they do? They just sit in caves and eat Christian bones. <laughs> they eat Christian. They grind Christian bones to make their bread. There's a really funny mm. cryptid in, like, a Dutch cryptid that's like half cat, half worm. That eats. <laughs> like... I oh, the totsel worm. 
I feel like maybe I have Kitsune energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could. I can see that. That'd be cool. <laughs> what is the what does that one do? What's the story? Well, there's different different kinds. Like there's there's 13 different types of fox in Japanese culture. They symbolize different things. They symbolize elements and uh, forces of nature. But when we're talking about monsters, like the fox spirit is always um, like the fox changes into a human to beguile humans. Um, hmm. It's just like some evil shit, you know. It's not Christians. cute like when the when those badgers like uh, turn into tea kettles and then they turn into badgers and then they uh, mm -hmm. take you out and show you where a bag of gold is buried. That's not what the <laughs> fox spirit is doing. No, definitely not. That's not that's not the vibe. If you it's need gonna, to compare compare contrast with other Japanese folk spirit things. It's gonna murder you, right? Basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's your own damn fault. Yeah. <laughs> uh I choose Pazuzu. What's that? <laughs> it's the demon that uh inhabits Reagan and uh the exorcist. Pazuzu. <laughs> I am Pazuzu. Just Pazuzu. So say, that, say that in part two. Yeah, Pazuzu's just so not the name that I thought it would have. Uh, and you always be full of split pea soup. Yeah, Pazuzu, mm -hmm. Pazoop. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no Kitsune. I was gonna say like I kind of just get down with just the broader category of yokai, but maybe I'm just digging into my own Japaneseiness. No, I'm gonna go with Kitsune. Yeah, I'm actually my I'm genuinely going with Wendigo. I, I think I am able to be part man, part tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I just am something that is always probably a wild animal. Mm. Or about to become a wild animal. I'm and, something that's still uh, maybe fucking shit up. <laughs> but no vampire. No, but Joe, you're a vampire. vampire. That's good. I think I would just choose vampire because I know it the best. Yeah, <laughs> I had a I, dream that I, my oh, go ahead, crush in high in like high school was a vampire and he was coming to get me, and then I was like so scared at first, and then I was like, wait, I get to fly, live forever, and like get rich and <laughs> have a castle. I'm just gonna be a vampire. That sounds great. <laughs> What's not to like about that? I mean, the boredom. I guess so. Tilda Swinton's not bored being a vampire. She reads books. In 10 seconds. <laughs> hmm? Well, and with that. And then you can just like <laughs> greet the sun and kill yourself if you get bored. Yeah. <laughs> and go to hell for a while. No one ever seems to do that. I know. <clears throat> They're so bored. I know. Um, I, I have a, there's an allure to the wolf man. There's an allure. That's just yeah. like you just become a monster who kills people, though. Like you have no control. Well, but that right? just that just seems like binge drinking. Like it's just yeah. like I feel like I've been the wolf man. It just doesn't seem. It's just like what's the fun of that? There's no fun. It's just like you get to you have to lock yourself in your basement. Well, <laughs> again, this is all moon. like I guess everything is super dependent on the lore that you choose to follow. Yeah, because if you're a true blood werewolf then you're like a cool biker gang <laughs> or if you're if you're a werewolf that that has come to terms with your wolf spirit or you believe that your wolf is your true self yeah then there's that's a whole other that's a whole other experience mm -hmm. um 
Yeah. I, think, I don't know. I think we're all just totsel verms. <laughs> we're just cat face. If one worms. more person tells me that. <laughs> yeah. You have totsel verm energy. <laughs> you know what we haven't done yet is pick, pick your book. Ellen. Oh man. Is it the totsel verm? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's Song King Ho, of course. Who can resist him? Mm-hmm. Uh I can. Oh, uh, <laughs> I love him. I love him to death. Right. I mean, uh, he's a ha- handsome Korean daddy. He's he's amazing. He's like he yeah. is maybe my favorite Korean actor. He's just devastatingly talented. He's crazy. Um, yeah. But <laughs> mine, <laughs> mine is uh, Shin Hakyun. Kang Woo. <laughs> Kang Woo was so cute. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it was so hard. It was that face, that face. How that face. how gross they made him in this movie. But yeah. that that it tracks oh, yeah. for me because I tend to like as you as everybody knows by now the oaf of any story. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Kang Wu was so adorable. Like just yeah, he's he's so cute. That's well, the husband right, I, that they kill. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's I feel like it's worth noting that in what I think is the most recent. Because it's after this movie came out, the most recent film adaptation of this Zola story that Kang Wu character is played by Tom Felton. Huh. Wait, what's so? The, is it a film? Uh huh. Hmm. But he kind of embodies like that kind of energy. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. He's not he's not sinister in the film. He really it's like a really nice nice um <laughs> turn for him, I think. Because I think it's hard to to be that character. Yeah. Mine is also Song Kang Ho because of he's Daddy Meatball energy. He does give some daddy meatball. It's, 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 it's also hard. He was like super he, he was super naked through a lot of the movie, which Yeah. <laughs> that always that always uh helps. Mm-hmm. And he had a nice butt. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, lo- <laughs> he, he just, there's mm-hmm. something, there's something about his very <laughs> wizened face that I'm just like, I can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> like you, you know too much. <laughs> he has blonde highlights in the host. Oh, he does. <laughs> I gotta rewatch this. I need to watch that again too because I did not like it when I saw it the first time, and I have I've one hundred percent come uh, to a different understanding of Korean cinema. Yeah, and his films in general. There's like a like I, the host. Also, I was expecting something completely different, and it, Same. it was like not what I was expecting at all, and a little bit boring in the middle. That's my that was my problem with it. But I want to rewatch it now with my understanding of his films. Yeah, I just remember the host monster movie, the host monster movie, the host. I just remember leaving that theater and being really bummed and disappointed. That's the ending. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was like so entranced by the idea of that film and so enamored of the monster. Yeah. But also, I just, yes, I love any (sighs) riff on that. It's like, man turns nature against themselves and it's always just so tragic yeah but that scene where the monster's just like running along the 
the side of yeah. the thing and it's like with all the containers and it's just uh-huh. like just like a gimpy salamander like mm-hmm. it's so wild like that vision yeah. i really appreciate that but that's a director who of course i also love yeah, yeah. i adore him mm-hmm. i need to i do need to revisit that mm-hmm. um well shall we get to links yes, yes. ellen you let it leak that you were excited about your link. Well, I am excited about my link, but I, I know that I'm taking like I'm taking the leaps. I'm going from rooftop to rooftop. <laughs> You're Irma Vepping. <laughs> yeah, I'm Irma Vepping the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, but I think this is I think it's about the same distance of leap. Not so far, right? Quantum leap was about vampires. It's Thirst is about vampires. Yeah. I'm going to go, uh, I'm taking my inspiration for this link. The light just went out. <laughs> you right know, we're still here. Yeah. Oh, it just, the from, light just turned off from Kang Wu, the character of Kang Wu. Okay. And more specifically the posthumous character of Kang Wu. <laughs> and I'm going to pull that. It's your wet, dead, friend energy and i'm going to take us to american werewolf in london love it because we cannot do a spooky season without finally getting to american london. i briefly considered like people that uh drown and then haunt you but Mm. you know i love that that's so good that i almost want to just like seed Stack that. the deck. Yeah, what? Stack the what deck. Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what mine is, but because it's a wild card, oh, uh, I'm I'm going to say I will absolutely accept if we decide to just watch American, <laughs> like if we decide <laughs> to watch that. Um, I after being reminded of the rules that I think I set for <laughs> uh-huh. wild cards, yes. uh, I went with. Uh, the actor and eternal poke Peter Jason, who is in uh, fuck Rose Rolls episode, oh. A Question of Innocence. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, although he's Rolls. in that he's in that episode, and I never see him. And I've brought this up twice because we've done that episode <laughs> twice. That if I had seen him, he would have been my poke, but I didn't see him. So I want to see him. He's in that episode, so it counts. <laughs> and he is in John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Wow. Oh, okay. There's multiple there's multiple heart to heart connectivity to Prince of Darkness. There is. There's right? a yeah. lot. There's oh, a lot. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So that's very solid. I stumbled around so much trying to find a link. And then in my stumbling came across a film that I really want to see and really, really think it fits our vibe as the podcast and what we're looking for in films and it came out in 2021 it's called the medium have you seen this it's a thailand yes you have seen it yes oh fuck damn i love it oh i wanted like something that none of us had seen but that's okay but the only link is that i think (laughs) it it's a korean uh produced film so that's the only link i could find which i Mm. don't love but that's the link i have so that's what i'm going with I wish that there were some, I figured there would be some filmmaker overlap, but I couldn't find any. So the medium, the medium is excellent. 
a horrifying story of a shaman's inheritance in the Isan region of Thailand. What could be po- what could be possessing a family member might not be the goddess they make it out to be. It got Ga-ga-ga. mixed got mixed reviews, but it looks incredible. It's I think it's great. Okay, I think it's really really great. All right, it's pretty creepy. Cool. Am I gonna freak out? Mm, no, I think you can. I think you can handle it. All right. Should we spin? Ah, uh, well, Memnock. We what are we watching? Wheel so that it can choose Ellen. <laughs> Ellen. Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? I can, I'm gonna get a new wheel app because also the way this wheel spins is very shitty. It's like really slow and it just. Oh my god! Ellen it again. Ellen again. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is um, crazy listener. I hope you've enjoyed this season of Ellen's chain reaction <laughs> because we sure have. Uh, number three. <laughs> oh my God. Again. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> Ellen sold her soul to Memnock oh, to choose everything <laughs> this season. <laughs> yeah. Ellen well, I am so pleased that I finally like righted the ship and, and that this week's pick was something that is authentic to me this and a film so that I truly love. I love this. I, I genuinely, I'm so happy that we watched thirst because I had never seen it and I really, really loved it. Uh, and I'm super excited to watch American werewolf in London and then talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be super fun. Mm-hmm. So the listener, last time I watched yeah. it was on an airplane. <laughs> and then I just felt weird because oh, yeah. you know when you look down the aisle like you can see what people are looking at and at one point like I turned around to see if someone was in the restroom and there was like a kid in the aisle seat just like staring at my screen like this <laughs> you know <laughs> I love that so I may have uh, wrecked that kid's psyche but what a way to go I know I love that they put movies with like sexual content and blood on planes and mm-hmm. just any child behind you can watch the whole thing <laughs> it's so fantastic good. American Werewolf scares me and I, this is not a setup for Griffin John. oh I was gonna say yeah <laughs> I, oh, or if is on, it if only, if only. Um, well okay so listener you can watch American Werewolf in London on Plex, on an Pluto, <laughs> Roku, um, Tubi, and of course Amazon. Uh, I think you have to pay for it on Amazon, but it's free on all those others, probably with ads. Um, or you, if you don't want to watch ads, you can rent it from your local video store if you have one. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you can go to Scarecrow.com and rent it from them. Yeah. Yay. And they will ship it to you. Uh, I don't know if Vidiots is doing that yet, but uh, maybe they will. Hmm. Uh, anyway, this movie is a classic 1981 John Landis. Um, yeah, the only movie that's better than it is American Werewolf in Paris. God, <laughs> <laughs> save it for the pod. <laughs> yeah, save it for the pod. Uh, listener, after American Werewolf. In London, mm-hmm. we are going to do. We're gonna we're gonna take a little break from spooky season. Mm-hmm. Though you know that it's always spooky season in our hearts, we are going to embrace the holidays and season's start, greetings. Season start a season of greetings. <laughs> <laughs> season's greetings. Um. So yes, this is the last of the spookies for a minute. But mm-hmm. only a minute, trust me. 
or a month just a month about a month maybe uh but we will be uh jumping in on a heart to heart episode and we'll tell you what that is next week so tune in watch mm-hmm. american werewolf in london and tune in listen to us blather on about it and then we'll tell you where we're going next for yeah. the holidays yes uh and you can also please follow us and talk to us on our social media, particularly Instagram. It seems to be the, the easiest one for everybody. It's at it was murder pod. And uh, Twitter is also at it was murder pod. And if you want to just email us, it's at it, it's it was murder pod at gmail.com. Yes, Rate and review is. us wherever you're watching, watching this. Oh my God. I'm so tired. It's, it's a uh, nine. 43 which means that my Uh-oh. body is already starting right, you've turned into a pumpkin procedure. yeah <laughs> oh god someone save me uh if you know how to save me email us at it was at gmail.com and if you know how to save all of us maybe write it in a review <laughs> a five-star review of us wherever you're listening to this podcast ah <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know who's going to love watching a werewolf movie? Freeway? Freeway. Yeah. Because it's about dogs, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> it's about Freeway's ancestors. I think free, Freeway might be offended about that statement. I don't know. I'm sure you can equate the two. Well, Freeway, if you want to write in, I'm all ears. Uh, until then. Boof, <laughs> boof. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. You're in my blood like so bitter and so sweet oh I drink a case of you darling and I would still be on my feet oh I would still be on